uh, with a quick apology. Uh, first, let me introduce myself. My name is Pastor Kevin. I serve as the campus pastor at our Benton Heights campus. And so um, I need to apologize really quick because last weekend I told you that um, Pastor David was at a funeral and um, Pastor David was in India. <laughs> Small mistake. I was close, though. No, but it's, um, I don't know where I got that from. I think earlier in the week he couldn't make it because to a meeting or something because he was at a funeral. He was at a funeral, though. One, once upon a time he was. And um, uh, so I do apologize. But he is in India, and like Dan said, uh, we're looking at partnering with some uh, missions there. And, um, and so it's really cool what God's doing through our church. So, um, so now I got that out of the way. So um, in the words of um, Dr. Nakamutz, he's an 80-year-old um, Japanese inventor. He's responsible for 3,357 inventions, including the floppy disk. Um, if you don't know what a floppy disk is, it was the first uh, portable hard drive. You know, it was, it's like a USB drive, the very first one. Um, so in his words, he said that the best speech is a short one. And so I'm going to give you one of my best speeches tonight. Um, I don't feel so well tonight, so I pray that um, you guys will pray for me um, as I get through this. So we started a brand new series last week entitled The Prayer Series, where we're going to unpack prayer the next few weeks. And last week, we opened up talking about the role that praise plays in our prayer. And we talked about uh, Paul and Silas and how they found themselves in a dark place in life. They found themselves in prison, yet they still chose um, to praise and worship God. And we also talked about how important it is to praise God for things that haven't even happened yet. Um, Quick testimony. Um, Last week, uh, one of our worship pastors, uh, Pastor Chad Harlan, he got an email last week that he sent out to the entire staff from somebody who was here last weekend. And they wrote him and they said that after um, the service, they began to praise God uh, for, for, for their kids' salvation. Are you ready for this? Monday... Their son came to them and told them that he's going to get baptized. Only God can do that, church. Yeah, we can praise God for that. So we talked about the importance of um, praising God um, for things that haven't even happened yet because it's about perspective. It's not about preference. And so um, tonight, though, this weekend, we're going to be talking about praying for others. And sometimes praying for others can just seem so overwhelming. Because not not only with what's going on in our life, not only with what's going on with our loved ones' lives, but with what's going on around the world, collectively, it can seem overwhelming. How do I even begin to pray? How do I even start to pray? If I were to pray for everybody and everybody's problem and the world's problem, it would be a full-time job. It would take up my whole day all seven days a week, right? It's just so overwhelming. You know, but many of us, if we're honest, a lot of us... um, our prayer life is really self-centered. We just pray for ourselves. Uh, we just pray about our own issues, pray for our own families, and other people are not even in the picture, really. Why? It could be because we really don't know how to pray for people. That could be one reason. It could be because it's overwhelming praying for other people. John Acuff, um, he wrote a book, and he has a blog. It's called um, Stuff Christians Like. It's a, it's a satire book. It kind of pokes fun at, at the quirkiness of um, Christianity. Uh, for example, he says, he says things like, um, Christians, um, we love Dave Ramsey, right? 
and he says that Christians uh, love giving up Facebook for Lent, and um, Christians love giving side hugs, and um, it's all this quirkiness. And then he talks about the pray if you feel led dilemma. Now, if you don't know about the pray if you feel led dilemma, let me break it down for you. Pray if you feel led dilemma is just a prayer circle. It's a prayer circle with two designated people. Someone's designated to open up in prayer and someone's designated to close in prayer. But in between those two prayers, anybody can pray if you feel led to pray. Now, the only problem with this pray if you feel led dilemma is there's this unspoken rule that if you don't pray, you're going to be judged. And, um, and he talks about seven different people that you meet in this prayer circle. And the last one is my favorite. The last person he identifies as the shot blocker. And this is somebody who, um, he gives the example of, of somebody praying to the Lord and, 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 and they thank the Lord for confirming their decision to take a new job. And then out of nowhere, someone else prays, Lord, please give so-and-so more patience and discernment and they're looking for a new job. Help them not rush into anything. And boom, shot block. And, um, and I don't know, uh, maybe, maybe that will work if you had like a teenage daughter. It's an effective way to pray, right? You can shot block her prayers, you know, about a certain guy or his prayers about your daughter or whatever. Um, but we're, we're not going to pray for others like that. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is how Paul prayed for the believers, for the Colossian believers. In Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 11. Says this. See that strategic drink? Says this. I took a drink. Says this. From the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. When it comes to praying for others, there's three ways from this text. I believe we can pray for others that we can't go wrong with. Number one, when praying for others, we must pray faithfully. Pray faithfully for others. Verse nine at the very beginning, Paul says to, the, to these believers, whenever we first heard about you, Whenever we first heard that you came to the faith, whenever we first heard you started believing in Jesus, we have not ceased. We have not stopped praying for you. There's a lot of things we do faithfully. Many of us get up faithfully every morning and go to work, whether we like it or not. Um, faithfully, before we go to work, many of us shower and brush our teeth. Faithfully, many of us um, uh, read the paper. Faithfully, many of us check social media. Maybe even faithfully, many of us uh, read the Bible. But when it comes to praying for others faithfully, maybe I'm just talking about myself, but when it comes to praying for others faithfully, I tend to drop the ball. And it's not intentionally. It's not that I don't care about others. not that I don't want to pray for others. It's just sometimes I don't know how to pray faithfully for others. I don't want to shot block their prayers, right? And so I, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to pray the wrong prayer. I want, I want God's will to be done. And so I don't know how to pray for those individuals. And so what I want us to do is we're going to look at um, what, what Paul says in this scripture. 
And another reason that some of us don't pray faithfully is because sometimes our own circumstance in our own lives is so magnified and it's so big that we can't see around it. And it's hard for us to focus on other people's needs when ours are so large. And for some of you, maybe maybe you're like, you know what, I don't even have the discipline of prayer down yet. I don't even pray just faithfully yet. I can't even pray faithfully, and that's okay. we got to start somewhere. I encourage you, man, just take one or two minutes and just pray to God, and you got to start somewhere. And you'll begin to pray faithfully. So you may say, I can't even pray for myself faithfully. How can I pray for others faithfully? Well, we have to start somewhere. And so Paul, Paul says that um, in order to... Um, In order to pray faithfully, Paul said that he prays these three things every time he remembers them. Verse 9, the second part, he says, may you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul prayed faithfully three things, that these believers would be filled with God's will, with the knowledge of God's will. So how can you pray for others? You pray God's will. God, no matter what they're going through, God, no matter what their circumstance, I pray. Because how many of you guys know that God's will can, can surface through a circumstance? His will can surface through a situation. His will can surface through, 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 through the loss of a job. His will can surface um, through whatever. And so we pray that the knowledge of God's will will be surfaced. And then Paul also said, not only do I pray that God's will, the knowledge of God's will, but I pray for for spiritual wisdom. There's a difference between spiritual wisdom and earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom is simply discernment um, of cause and effect. For example, I need to invest my money because the effect will I have more money. Spiritual wisdom, same thing. I need to tithe because I know God will eventually take care of me. Spiritual wisdom is all about relational. It's all about uh, a deeper relationship with God because God is a relational being, and that's where spiritual wisdom comes from, our relationship with God. So Paul prays for that. And then Paul also prays for spiritual understanding. We see this happen with Jesus. And um, he, he asked his disciples, he said, who do people say that I am, say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah the prophet. Some say you're Jeremiah the prophet. Some say you're a different prophet. And then Jesus turns around and says, who do you say I am, though? Peter speaks up and he says, you're, you're the Son of God. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says in Matthew 16, 17, he said, blessed are you. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So we pray faithfully for others. We pray for the knowledge of God's will. We pray for spiritual wisdom. And we pray for spiritual understanding. Secondly, the second thing we pray for is we pray that others will bear fruit. So not only do we pray faithfully for others, but we pray that others will bear fruit. Verse 10, it says, so that as you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So not only are we praying faithfully, God's will, spiritual understanding, 
spiritual wisdom, but we're praying that others' lives will bear fruit. Now, if you're new to church or you're new to Christianity, maybe you don't know what that term bear fruit means, but it's simply we, we, we pray that others' lives will reflect God's glory, that others' lives, um, that, 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 that their lives and their attitudes will look a lot like Jesus's, that they'll live a life that's worthy, they'll live a life in a manner that's pleasing to the Lord. And so we don't have to know their situation. We don't have to know the details of their circumstance for us to pray for them. We can still uh, pray for them because our prayer is that their lives will bear fruit, meaning someone ha- has a tough time on the job. Someone's having a tough time on the job. We pray that their attitude, maybe even their words, how they react to that situation on the job will bring glory to Christ. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago um, in our Jesus I Wish You New series. If you, if you guys weren't, weren't here for that, um, I encourage you um, get on our website and, and look, look up that series. The Jesus I Wish You Knew, we talked about Jesus and him saying that I am the true vine. The only way any of us can bear fruit in our lives if we're connected to Jesus, the true vine. So maybe our prayers for others, maybe our prayer for ourselves is this. Maybe we pray because so many of us, not only us, but so many other people that we're praying for, they find themselves connected to false vines in hopes of bearing fruit. So maybe our prayer is, God, I pray that so-and-so will disconnect from the false vine and find you, the true vine. Maybe we need to pray that for ourselves. That's the only way that we bear fruit. So... And, and the, way, the way we do this, and I, and I do this all the time, when I pray for people, I pray two things. The way we do this is we pray, I, pr- I pray this all the time. I pray people, I pray God will give people a deeper desire to spend time in prayer with him and a deeper desire for his word. Because that's how we stay connected to the vine. And staying connected is how we bear fruit. Because there's going to be times when we don't feel like praying. There's going to be times we don't feel like reading his word. Craig Rochelle, in his book, Alter Ego, he talked about the importance to pray bold, specific prayers when our tendency is to pray small, general prayers. See, so maybe you know someone's situation. Maybe you know their circumstance. Maybe you know what's going on in their lives. Maybe you can pray a bold, specific prayer. Let me tell you, man, God still works miracles today. He still moves in people's lives today. Your prayers matter. And so we need to stop praying small, general, unspecific prayers and start praying bold, specific prayers and pray that God moves in individuals' lives. And watch him do it. So we pray. We pray that that those individuals, those we're praying for, we pray that they will bear fruit. Maybe you know exactly what it is they need. Maybe you know that it's patience that they need on the job. Man, we pray, God, I pray you give so-and-so patience and whatever. Maybe you know that it's self-control, that they keep on falling into a a bad habit. God, I pray you give them self-control. Give them power over that. Maybe it's joy. They find a lack of joy in life. God, I pray you'll, you'll, you'll restore their joy. And they'll find joy with their family. They'll find joy. You know specifically, you pray specifically, and you pray boldly that God will do it. 
Watch her move. So we pray bold, specific prayers, not general prayers. Lastly, then I'll probably go to the hospital. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. We pray for others faithfully. We pray others will bear fruit. And this is so important. We pray others are filled. Look at verse 11. Paul prays this. He says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. This is so important because all of us know that none of us can live a life pleasing to God on our own. In our own power, in our own strength, in our own might, none of us can live a life pleasing to God. It only happens through the power of Jesus. And so we pray that over other people's lives. We pray that they will live in the strength. We pray that God will give them strength, that God will fill them with his power, that God will fill them with endurance, that God will fill them with patience, that God will fill them with joy. And here's why this is so important to me. Let me tell you a story. So it was um, September 26, 2001, whenever I, I, I received the Lord uh, for the first like super real time in, in Dallas, Texas. Um, my life was um, kind of dark. I, I found myself uh, getting involved in some things I shouldn't have got involved in. And, and my life just felt um, void and, 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 and meaningless. September 26, 2001. I found purpose, man. I found hope. That's why it's so important that when someone does receive Christ, when someone does come to the faith, it's important that someone comes alongside them and helps them grow and and, 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 um, disciples them. Because nobody did that with me. So what happened was after my conversion, September 26, 2001, what happened was uh, literally two weeks later, because no one came alongside me, I found myself in the same places, doing the same things, same darkness, and I got kicked out of college two weeks later. So then I went to a, um, I went to a seminary in Dallas after I got kicked out of college. I went to a seminary in Dallas. And at this seminary, I thought I would fit in, um, but I didn't. I didn't fit in at all. Um, uh, I mean, I, I was just, it was, all these insecurities rose up in me. And then I found myself, again, the same place, doing the same things, my life just deteriorating. And um, I did have a couple of good friends there at the seminary. One of them, her name was um, Billy Sue. I'm not making up her name to protect her identity. That's her name. Um, we were in Texas. So. so Billy Sue. Um, now, there was times whenever on the weekends I'm at this seminary and I'd be out and I'd be partying and I'd be ruining my life and I'd be doing all that. And there was times whenever I'd be out there trying to escape my reality when all that I could think about 
was the Lord and his love towards me. Come to find out later is that at midnight or two in the morning, God would wake up Billy Sue and prompt her to pray for me. And she would pray for me hours on end. She would miss class the next day because she stayed up all night praying for me. What I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is I wouldn't be in front of you tonight if it wasn't for the faithful prayers of my friend, Billy Sue. And she knows that, man. I even let her know today. And um, she, she, she knows that it's because of her prayers, her faithfulness and praying. You know what she prayed? She prayed these scriptures. She prayed um, verse 11. She prayed that I'd be filled with God's power to overcome those temptations. She prayed that I, I'd be filled with joy whenever my life was joyless. She prayed that I'd be strengthened to walk um, the walk that God has called me to. She prayed those things over my life in the middle of the night. And let me tell you something, church, it worked. And it still works today. So last week, we gave you a, a tool. We gave you a, a, a playlist to worship to. Um, I hope you guys used that. I hope you guys found it helpful. Um, this week, we want to give you another tool to help you pray. It's called, um, it's an app on your phone. If you have a smartphone, iPhone, Android, I don't know what other ones there are, but if you have a smartphone that you get apps on, it's an app called Echo. Echo is a simple um, prayer request app, or it's basically all it is is you just simply um, make a prayer list out of it. I've been using it this week, and um, it's been really helpful. For someone like me that's always on the go, I can sit there and I can add people to, I want to pray for this, I want to pray for this, I want to pray for this. And then I can actually set a reminder. My phone beeps and it comes up on the screen to pray for so-and-so. Only thing it's missing, um, it would help if um, like my phone like shut off if I didn't pray for them, if I just dismissed it. Because I do that sometimes. It'll, it'll remind me to pray for somebody. And I'm like, okay, I will later. Right? We all do that. And we close. I'm the only one that does that. All right. All right. God forgive me. Um, but... This, this app will, will, will really help you guys um, get, get your prayers. So I, I encourage you, man, it's free. You can go on your um, phone and download that. So when it comes to praying for others, let's pray faithfully. We do a lot of things faithfully. Let's pray for others faithfully. You know what I found? I found my life, I found my prayer life more fulfilling when I spent more time praying for others. You know Why? Because sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I would see those prayers answered in those individuals' lives. And I would see how their lives changed because God happened to hear my little prayer. And my prayer life is more fulfilling. So we pray for others faithfully. We pray that others will bear fruit, that they'll live a life worthy of God in a manner that's pleasing to him. And then we pray that they'll be filled, filled with the power of God, strengthened, Filled with his joy, with his patience, endurance. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, this evening. I thank you for um, your love. I thank you, Jesus, that, that you're our intercessor and that you yourself pray for us. Uh, I thank you for that. 
I pray, Lord, that those that you've put on our heart to pray for, I pray that we will, Lord. We'll take time to pray for them faithfully. I pray, God, that you'll prompt us, Lord, um, whenever, whenever your children need prayers the most, that you'll prompt us. You'll bring them to our mind, God, while we're driving um, at home, wherever, God. You'll prompt us to pray for individuals, God, and we'll be obedient and we'll do so. And, Lord, I pray, Father, that, that, that we pray, Lord, that, that individuals bear fruit. I pray that we ourselves, God, will bear fruit, that we'll live a life that's pleasing unto you, God, that brings you glory. And lastly, Lord, I pray that you'll fill us all, Lord, with your power. God, you know everything that we have to uh, face, God. We, we, we know that our war is not against flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual one. And so we need your power, God. We need your strength. We do love you and we do thank you. We wouldn't trade you for anything, Jesus. We mean that. In Jesus' name, amen.